This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Take a dose of every day How am I supposed to stay In a world built on empty ways And the lessons of all the rage Greetings from Charleston, South Carolina. I can tell you that the drive down here was the utmost of boring. And I don't know if this is going to be a podcast about... The perils of traveling with a three-year-old that's very opinionated, whether it is about the ridiculous, absolutely stellar quality of the food down here, or about fly fishing for redfish. So far, I can tell you that traveling with a three-year-old is not fun, and the food is awesome. haven't got into fishing. The highlight of the drive down here probably would have been seeing two dead armadillos on the side of the road. One on 95 and then one on 26. Never seen an armadillo in the wild before, so I'll take that as the closest I've seen. And back in the day when I had my more geeky bio background, I would read all sorts of essays and books. And I came across one story about a biologist who drove from Wisconsin down to Texas for a vertebrate conference. And while in Texas, he filled up the bed of his pickup truck with every dead armadillo he came across. Then on the drive north, he would just stop on the side of the road and drop them, hoping to see if people thought that armadillos were migrating north at a faster rate than they were supposed to. That's beside the story. So we get in last night, and we are staying at these little bungalows operated by a guy named Josh. And his company is Green Flash guest houses I'll get you a website for that later but his name is Josh Stone Green Flash Guest Houses and this place was built in the 40s and he is 
absolutely redone the whole place. It is beautiful. I mean, I, I could honestly live here except for the mosquitoes out front. I've never seen mosquitoes this bad in my life. So we get in and we go down into Charleston after we unpack. And we stop at Ted's Butcher Block. Now this place I found on Instagram, just searching Charleston and then came across the hashtag Charleston food. And you want to talk about food porn. So we, we go in there, I get the pancetta, roasted chicken breast, avocado, tomato, something on this bread and probably top five sandwiches I've had in my life. I, I wanted to cry. It was that good. Every texture you could think of was in there, the flavors. I got a cup of their homemade chili. Ridiculous. And then the wife got a Wagyu beef with mushroom and cheese. That was just probably the top four sandwiches I've ever had in my life. I think we did more research on the food coming down here. As I said today at lunch, this was a 14-year-in-the-making journey. One of my high school buddies moved down here after college. I never want, never came to visit him, even though I wanted to. One of my old co-workers at the cheese shop, where I was a former cheesemonger, she lives here now. So I've got some places to go, people to see. Um, yeah, I don't know much about the fishing down here other than meeting up with David Babb of Flying the Flats while we were at ICAST. And then talking to Reba Brinkman, and she suggested suggested that I hit up the Low Country Fly Shop. So after dinner last night, we went to Harris Teeter, picked up some stuff. We got some local beers. We picked up, let's open the fridge here, Holy City Brewing Chuck Town Follicle Brown. It's a little strong for me, but I think with some food, it'll go nicely. And we came back here and went to bed at around 7.30 after we put the kid to sleep. And she decided to have a fever last night and woke us up about every 20 minutes. I was up watching Grown Ups 2, which is absolutely hilarious. So I didn't fall asleep technically till around 1. But from 8 until 1, about every 20 minutes, she'd wake me up. So I gave her a flavor ice and put her to bed. And then finally fell asleep. She woke me up at 3. switched rooms with the wife she went in with the pixie got up today made some coffee now the wife was so tired she brewed the coffee without actually putting coffee in the pot now we headed down to what beach hold on a second what what beach did we go to this morning folly, folly beach and went out on the pier and it was beautiful I haven't smelled salty ocean air in a long time I haven't seen the ocean in a long time so it was great to be out there and it's been pouring, so all the streets are flooded around here, and the trees are magnificent. I'll tell you, they're just gnarled and bent, covered in epiphytes of Spanish moss and ferns. Epiphyte, again, meaning plant upon another plant. Epi, upon or above, fight for plant. And the leaves are very small here, so you got a lot of small branches with a lot of leaves. So it's, it's reminiscent of a tropical dry forest for me. And of course, my Nikon decided to die before we came down here. So I couldn't really take any good photography pictures. Everything today was done with the iPhone. From there, we decided to go to the battery. And as we're getting the stroller out of the car, there's fish jumping all next to us. So I string up my rod and, and the wife and the pixie go off and I start casting with a, a little size six uh, cocktail clouser. And I haven't honestly fished saltwater it's been about four years since Martha's Vineyard. 
2010, August, exactly four years. I actually licked my leader when we were done just to get that salty taste and essence back in my mouth. So I walked about a mile along the battery casting, saw those fish. I saw a couple schools of bait fish, and there were also schools of shrimp just kind of, you know, paddling along right along the seawall and we walked around the battery today which is i mean the house is from the 1700s you got fort sumter the first shot of the civil war spanish moss everything's just so lush and beautiful and then we got hungry and um, started going back to the car and then we decided to go over to the fly shop as some burger animal crapped on the wife in the pixie i was like oh we'll just go get some new clothes over there and while I'm in the shop, they managed to clean themselves off with a bottle of water. And I went in to the Low Country Fly Shop. It's over the second bridge. I couldn't tell you the island. What do you want to say on the podcast, Pixie? Milky. What, what does that mean? Milky. Are you enjoying your road trip? Yes. Are you being silly? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I went to the fly shop, and of course I brought beer with me. If you're traveling to a fly shop for information, you really should always bring gifts with you. I brought a six-pack of the Flying Dog Ale with Old Bay seasoning in it. And I walk into the shop, and lo and behold, who's behind the counter? It's Paul Puckett. You heard him on the Winston-Salem podcast. He's an artist, P-A-U-L-P-U-C-K-E-T-T. Does everything from flats pictures to Robert Johnson holding, I think it's a redfish. Some very creative stuff. He just got back from Alaska. I told him I only had a couple minutes to talk, so he gave me some three spots. We looked at Google Earth, and I wrote down on uh, some pads of paper where to go. He walked me through the shop, colors of flies. He said it didn't really matter the color or the size as long as it has a weed guard. I picked up some tie material there, and I asked if I could come back later in the week and try and get them on a podcast just of the shop. So we'll see how that goes. And then we went back over to downtown Charleston to Leon's Oyster Shop. Wow. Leon's Oyster Shop. It's a converted garage. It's only been open for two months. It looks like it's been there forever. We start off, the lines are huge. So we start off, I have a Coors Banquet, and the wife has a evil twin. And the, the Pixie's drinking like milk out of her. She has to have her sippy cups and koozies now. So she's got a Royal Australian Air Force koozie with her milk. We sit down and we order hush puppies and they're smoke roast oysters with Parmesan and garlic. And they come with a lemon wedge and some toast. I'm kind of done with hush puppies. These probably are the best hush puppies I've ever had, but eating these warm, zero-grit oysters might be one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. We are going back, and I'm getting at least two orders for myself. The texture, the taste, the warmth, that infused smoke flavor. Honestly, wherever you are right now, get in your car and drive down. It is on King and I Street. So remember the King and I movie with the bald guy. Then I had the fried chicken, uh, I think brioche, with bread and butter pickles, slaw, mayonnaise, maybe something else. Ridiculous. 
And then I got, uh, I tried the German grapefruit beer. I had a, just, I wanted to taste it. So a little sip. And then I've seen everyone with these kind of yellow wine glass drinks. I said, what is that? He's like, oh, that's our mimosa. It's fresh squeezed lemonade with kava. And I was like, dude, hook a brother up. Got to have one of those. And the wife had the oyster, fried oyster sandwich, just like mine, but I think with avocado and lettuce. And the textures in it were just beautiful. So soft and pillowy that fried oyster was. And then for dessert, we got the Pixie some soft serve. And we got ourselves a local porter with soft serve in it as a float. Beautiful. So it is day three down here. I'm walking down the beach at Kiowa Island. For those of you who don't know, I despise sand. It is all up in my toes right now. It's in my flip-flops. I probably ate some when I was eating my potato chips for breakfast. I am not a fan of sand. So the lifeguards were saying that about a mile down, I could probably get into some rays and skates. So I'm looking forward to that. The sand here is very fine. I've never seen anybody riding a bike on the beach before. That's new. There's dogs running everywhere. Got about six pelicans to my left. It's still cloudy and overcast. And what I didn't get to say last night was the local porter with fresh homemade vanilla soft serve as a float was absolutely nuts. And then the pixie did not finish her soft serve, so we dumped hers in and basically just made like a porter milkshake. It's awesome. Too full to eat dinner, so we got up this morning. She slept for a good 12 hours, and we are off now. There's some dolphins that were feeding by the parking lot. I just caught some little crab. I got a German short hair pointer running circles around me right now. Yeah, so let's go down. I got my eight weight, 11 foot switch rod with the shooting head. Didn't have room to bring my spare reel with me because I'm walking. We'll see what I can get into. I'll check back in with y'all later. So let me tell you about my little walk down the beach. It was not a mile. It was probably maybe two, two and a half miles to the spit, as it is referred to. The body of water that separates Kiowa Island from Seabrook Island. Seabrook is where my cousin Jerry and Mackie live. It was a very long walk. It was nice, cloudy, overcast. So amazed at the width of the beach and the cleanliness of the beach. The only piece of garbage I saw the entire beach was a yellow rubber glove buried in the sand. Otherwise, I probably would have pulled it out if I had somewhere to put it. So I walked down there. It was a good 30-minute walk. There's waves crashing. There's dolphins coming up right along the water. And the dolphins exhibit what is referred to as strand feeding or stranding, where they school up the fish, I'm assuming the mullet, until they jump out of the water and then they end up on these dry shelves. And then the dolphins will beach themselves, eat the fish, and then go back in. I believe from what Davenport was telling me, we were chatting over Messenger on the iPhone, that this is the only place that it's done in the world. And again, the one thing I learned working in Key Largo was that when there's dolphins, there's no fish. So I decided I'd still, you know, cast a line. And I have my 11-foot switch rod with my Rio outbound short. And I just love throwing it. With one false cast, 
I was able to throw all of my shooting head, running line, and about two feet of backing. Now, I would have thrown more backing, but it just gets tangled up as it was going through the guides. And it's just fun to do that. I had fun. I was stripping a clouser, and it's the clouser I tie for snakeheads, the banded killifish pattern. It's olive gold in color. Didn't catch anything. And after about 15 minutes, I was like, all right, it's time to start walking back. And then I met up with a dad with three boys, and he's fishing with some cut shrimp. And now they rode their bike down. He's like, yeah, we did the smart thing. So we both laughed that I had to walk the whole way back. And I'm, my, meanwhile, I'm the only one down here that had walked. So we're talking. His kids are throwing sand and at each other. And the, we talked about the Spartina grass, which is the hollow one to three foot tall grasses that line the marshes. And at high tide, that's where the redfish go. So we had a long discussion about Spartina. He said some people call it Spartina, like a vagina. And he said, that's not the way to say it. It's Spartina. And as we're talking, one of his kids kind of snuck out into the water and started yanking on the fishing line. So the rod tip that he had in a PVC pipe in the sand started bending. So he got all excited that he had, was, had a fish biting his line. And he looks down and sees that his kid is tugging on the fishing line. And he was not pleased with the kid. It's a pretty hilarious look that he gave him. So from there, I started walking back. And I saw some... Uh, some whelks. I saw some sea jellies. You don't want to call them a jellyfish, just like sea stars are not starfish. They're not really fish. Butterflies are not really made of butter. And I walked back, and the walk back sucked. It started raining, and then it was mist, and then a sprinkle, and then an absolute downpour. And I've got no idea where the wife and the pixie are. It turns out that I had the car keys, so they're sitting underneath this makeshift shelter back by the lifeguard stand where the hot dog vendor is and the bathrooms. So it's a good 35 minute walk back for me. I'm going pretty fast. I'm soaked. Like I could not have been more wet if I had jumped in a pool. I'm amazed this dat didn't get ruined in my Patagonia Adam sling bag. Finally get back. We drive out of Kiowa and now I was wet, but not covered in sand after having to put all of their stuff in the car. I get covered in sand, and I'm not happy. So I end up taking off my new mountain khaki shirt, which then gets, like, car grease on it somehow. And we drive out of the island to head back here to the little bungalow, and there is a vegetable stand, fruit and vegetables. So we pull in there, and we notice there's a taco truck. So after we get some fresh fruit and vegetables, we got tacos. I got pollo asado. No, I got pollo and carne asada. And then there was this homemade hot sauce. And I said, is it just you? There's this little Latina girl in the truck. She's like, oh, no, my mama's in the back cooking. I'm like, damn. You know, if the mama's cooking back there, it's going to be good. So I popped out a PBR from the cooler. And we sat down under a tent. And the three of us had this ridiculously just fresh tacos. And the produce came from the farm stand that shared the same parking lot. Come back here, shower, chill. Then we go walk around town again, and we go to Cyprus for dinner. So you're going to have to go to Instagram to see this. The, the, the menu at this place is expensive. I got it right here. You know, like $86 for Chateaubriand. And, you know, most entrees are 28 to $43. But on Monday nights, it's burger night at the bar, Mondays only. So we both had the bacon jam, pimento cheese, butter lettuce, tomato, yeast roll with a side of... Where is it? 
uh, side of fries with this homemade A1 slash ketchup, smoked tomato ketchup, and then fried mac and cheese squares with a beer sauce, beer cheese sauce, and then fried green olive, chive, and pine nut topped deviled eggs. And it was ridiculous. And you know that we go to Whitlow's on Wilson for half price burgers on Monday nights at in Arlington for the beer tie. And that burger is disgusting compared to this. This was house ground beef. Everything was made in-house fresh. It tasted like cows that, that walk grass and eat flowers versus the industrial nasty burger at Whitlow's. I'm probably going to still eat that thing, but I'm not going to look at it the same. And then David came over from Flying the Flats. We had a couple of highballs. We did uh, Bowman Brothers Virginia Bourbon with ginger beer on ice in these plastic cups here. And we talked fishing. So he's coming over any minute. We're going to go out and fish some flats. I'm not telling you where in case it's a local secret. It happens to be where Paul Puckett sent me. Man, I got the sniffles. It's allergy time down here with all the vegetation. So we had a couple of cocktails. He brought over some white Thai beer, which is really good. And then I showed him how to tie a clouser and showed him some fly tying techniques because he wants to get into tying. And we're going to go walk the flats. And he said, yeah, we'll see some redfish. So that's it now. We'll continue podcasting once uh, David picks me up and, and we hit the road in his truck. So stay tuned. We'll see how this goes. All right, we're sitting out here on the flats waiting for the tides to come in. We got David Babb from Flying the Flats. So we're fishing in pretty much almost downtown Charleston. We're not going to name where we're fishing, <laughs> but we'll tell you that it's pretty urban. It's like fishing back home, but there's tall grass and biting blue crabs if you pick them up wrong. <laughs> well, that was an experience for Rob, I think. A uh, little blood, a little blood, sweat, and tears on this trip. So how's Flying the Flats going? How's the company doing? It's going well, man. It's um, just like anything else when you start a company. It's a little slow at first, but got a couple of yeses, a couple of sales calls today. That's always nice. Um, it's always great when you have good people that point you in the right direction to uh, you know, build up a friend list and they'll shoot you in different shops. So headed down to Edisto and view for the next couple of weeks. Maybe uh, catch some little baby tarpon while I'm there. But, yeah, it's going well. I'm still selling stuff through Facebook and um, get a couple of customers calling in from different states, which is always fun. And it always amazes me through social media how people just pick up and find you like that. But, yeah, and hopefully we can build a line a little bit more. We've got a couple of artists working on a few more graphic designs for our shirts, little Pima Cotton Tees made right here in South Carolina. So. uh Wearing a little casting tee here. It's a little hot, but it's doing its job for sure. You got the light blue, so we actually have blue skies for the first time this week, so you, you actually blend in. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Maybe we can get our photo shoot done Thursday like we're supposed to instead of getting rained out like last time. But we got to be careful. Every time you turn around here, there's like a thousand filler crabs slowly encroaching on us. Well, yep, it's, uh, it's kind of like they're trying to take over, but we need them to stay over there. Some redfish will bite. So one of their favorite foods. We also saw we saw some uh, oysters or some mussels, a ton of snails out here. Yeah. Saw some some little bait fish too. Is that mm-hmm. they mostly come up here and eat? Uh, yep. And those snails, I think I found probably ten or twelve in my boots so far. They're not fun to step on. Had to take boots off every once in a while and <laughs> get them out of there. And today's a small high tide of five feet. 
Yeah, about five six. Um, you know, we get sixes and high sixes. It's a good tide today. It's not the best. We like to fish probably five eight to six. It's good, really good fish. But um, see what we can make happen today. The alligators, did they prefer a high or low tide? <laughs> I don't really know what they want, to be honest with you. We haven't really seen one out here, and I think we need to keep it that way. Yeah, the parking lot sign said, don't enter the, the marsh, there's alligators. But we we de declined the advice. <clears throat> yeah, Rob wanted himself a picture beside that. And he was trying to tell me... Uh, that you wanted to see an alligator, and I was yeah. like, let's not go there. I don't have to outrun the alligator, I just have to outrun David. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to take your, your reel and hit me in the back of the head, knock me out, and outrun me. Hobble you with the boga grip? <laughs> yeah. So what shops are now carrying your product? Um, right now, there is a Riverblade Knife and Fly, Brandon Barber owns that, it's in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Down here, Low Country Fly Shop with Scott Davis. Um, he's probably been the biggest, most influential person that's been helping with this, uh, in my opinion, and pointing me in the right direction with other shops. Made a couple of other sales calls, trying to get in at Seaweed Outpost, showed them the product, they liked it. Uh, going to Fraser's on Kiowa and Bohickett Marina. Um, hopefully that's going to be a yes, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, I want to try a couple of places downtown Charleston, you know, the, the tourism's big there, and we got a great product that South Carolina made, so <clears throat> hopefully tourists will like it and pick some up and, and the local people too. What about the tourists that come off those giant steamy carnival cruises? Oh man, if you, I think it's it's pretty much a mixed bag here in Charleston. If you walk around, you'll see those flags. It's a uh, red and black and white picture. It's pretty much saying keep those uh, tourists and those ships out of our harbor. Um, I've only lived here for a little over a year now and um, you know, I'm not having lived here my entire life, so I can't speak one way or the other, but it's it's finding that people don't really like those those ships coming in. I'm really not sure why, because it's good for the city, definitely, um, and the economy around here. A couple thousand people get off a boat at once that want to eat and shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely, I'm sure, you know, that it's really just the, the tourists and the crowdedness, and uh, people always gawking at the houses that people are living in, stopping, and maybe that could aggravate some people, but... I'd take it as a compliment, you know, how great it looks down here, the history. But I love it down here for sure, and I was a tourist for a long time, even though I've lived in South Carolina, but you know, living here, it's a beautiful place. Uh, not sure you'd want to live anywhere else, at least not around South Carolina. Do you think the Colonials back in the day, you fished for redfish? I would, I would think that they would. I would want them, want to say that they would. Uh, it's a great fish to, to catch and to... Um, see tail out here and hopefully we can show you a couple of tail and reds today I'd love to see that that's the plan it's the greatest thing ever to get a text from the boss the wife and she says take your time we're having fun at the playground yeah, that well, doesn't happen enough it's usually get the f home yeah as hot as it is out here we're uh we're gonna take that extra time because we're about to have some fun here in a, in a short little while probably another 45 minutes yeah, water's right. creeping up behind us right now yeah our dry spot it definitely looks like these crabs are moving away from the water oh th they know what's about to happen uh, about to get munched on by some gingerbacks. Yeah. Gingerbacks? I haven't heard that before. Yeah, I think that's actually a Paul Puckett term from here in Charleston. Um, seen it on a couple of his paintings, so I'm stealing that a little bit. Dude, we're going to have to start moving back in a moment. Yeah, I know. Yep, that water is really getting up. And the weird thing is we're in a salt marsh, but there's a total hopper hatch going on. There's grasshoppers. 
everywhere, like you were walking along Mossy Creek back in Virginia. Yeah, uh, kind of just like anywhere with tall grass. There are grasshoppers around here all the time. I love to go catch a few when I'm back home in uh, Bishopville. But head up to the two ponds that we have and throw some out there for brim and bass. That's always fun to do. Well, we're on the last battery thing here, so let's let's pause now. We'll we'll catch up once this water comes up. Sounds good. So as soon as the tide came in, David and I walked out onto the flats and found what I would call ponds or little pools of I don't know, maybe 30 by 30 square feet. Need a thigh deep water, and we found some redfish. So I actually had my first confirmed sighting of redfish. I won't say they were tailing, but their backs would splash. They definitely had a push. This reminded me a lot of my bonefish training down in the Keys, where you'd see a, a push of a fish or you'd see a mud puff in the water where they would suck something up. So the first hole. There were three from 18 to 22 inches, and we cast at them, and just no love. And I want to say that grass was crazy itchy, and my finger was hurting from having a blue crab bite the bejeebus out of it with its claw. That reach-around grab was something I did not expect. Uh, it was beautiful. I mean, how great would it be to be out in this you know, thigh-deep water with grasses blowing, with oysters and mussels and hermit crabs and blue crabs and then redfish coming up i mean just absolutely brilliant stunning location that david put me on and you know regardless of catching a fish or not it was a complete success for me i mean absolutely i mean the time of my life out there just so much fun and then we, we waited over to the next pond area and I had a bone, or not a bone fish. I had a red fish of again the same size, like eighteen to twenty-two, and I knew there was a fish in the area because I saw a big plume of mud, and I saw the fish coming at me, and I threw my cast at it, and I put the crab right in front of it, and um, yeah, just it just didn't suck it up and eat it, but it was awesome. I mean, the thing was like seven or eight feet in front of me, less than you know the, the length of my rod. And I'm standing in the grass. It's out in this clear, like, area where it's just a mud flat. Just a crazy cool experience. I mean, my adrenaline's pumping. There's C-17s flying overhead. We're next to hotels and overpasses. And here I am sight casting to redfish, something I honestly never thought would, you know, happen. Um, I could easily, easily get addicted to fishing for redfish. It was It was nuts. And we kept waiting around areas, looking for more fish to come up. But we really didn't see much, you know, happen. And it got to the point late in the day, high tide was just about there. And I had to get back for dinner. We ended up going to, oh, I went to Boxcar Betty's. And you want to look that up. That might be the best fried chicken sandwich I've ever had. Uh, so David, we went over to David's house. We walked his dog. He showed me all of his, his clothing inventory. And I got myself a nice hat and shirt, so I'll be repping those at all the, the next events coming up. The, the long sleeve T-shirt is ridiculously comfortable. It's it's almost next to skin. It's uh, what he called Charleston blue. Just very very soft, and um, the hat fits perfectly. It's got mesh in the back, let some air through there, and I'm gonna try and keep it nice and clean and, and show off the company. So we went from his house, which is maybe five miles away back here, had some beers, 
had some cocktails and then the neighbors came over. David had to leave, so the neighbors came over and we chatted with them a little bit. He's a nuclear engineer, so pretty cool stuff. So we talked to them. He doesn't wear sunscreen though. So a little bit red from today at the beach and his kids are playing with the pixie. We had loads of fun, a couple cocktails, we had some pizza. And they brought over some kind of lemon curd pie, which was ridiculous. And then I had to go over to Boxcar Betty's as the wife put down the pixie for bed. We got fried tomatoes, regular fries, sweet potato fries. I got the blue cheese, not the blue cheese, the, uh, well, I said blue cheese on it. It was the, the buffalo fried chicken sandwich. I got her the regular Betty sandwich with like peach coleslaw, lettuce, tomatoes. Honestly, the bag of food sat on the front passenger seat with the seatbelt on it. It was that precious of a cargo. It took all my might not to eat those fries on the way back. I did have half of them, by the way. Came back here, poured a nice bourbon and ginger, and then and it's Lexington bourbon. We picked it up at a 300-year-old liquor store yesterday, and the liquor store had a sign that said, all sailors bringing women by must pay for the rooms in advance. And she only gets allocated two bottles of Pappy a year. So don't bother asking. Say, that might just be one of the best, if not the best, fried chicken sandwiches I've ever had. I'll say it was a lot softer and easier to eat than Leon's. Um, I'm looking forward to the burps pretty soon. So I'm going to go settle down with some Netflix or some Xfinity or HBO and watch a movie on my phone. Don't know what's coming up this week, but we should meet up with David again for fishing some more. Get him more on the podcast. You should be following him, Flying the Flats. He's under all of my social media. And what else can I tell you? We'll hopefully do a, uh, a shoot with him for his products on Thursday before I go over and see all my cousins, my new cousins I've never met. My younger cousin Josh and his wife are in town with his kids. So that should be pretty awesome. And I'm just looking forward to eating more here, dude. This place is... It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what it is about the food here, but they just know how to do it right. So, yeah, let's see what happens in the future. i got to switch out my batteries here. Um, my fingers healed up a little bit from when that crab drew some blood, and I caught a fiddler crab. And If you went to high school with me, you know that we went to Wallops Island in 95, which is out on the eastern shore of Virginia. And I said the first thing I'm going to catch in a net, I'm going to eat it was an Atlantic silver side. And then it became a contest who could eat what. So David Orton ate a jellyfish. Peter Mwangi ate a live fiddler crab. And then back in the lab, we all took turns eating um, sea squirts, which are actually very closely related to us. So I had to tag Peter today on Facebook with the fiddler crab. I don't know how he ate a live fiddler crab. Now, I'll tell you that the pluff mud today was pretty disgustingly stinky. That's what the filler crap was covered in when I picked it up. And I'm currently drying out my wallet because that definitely got soaked when I went balls deep in the mud today by accident. And luckily, David pulled me out. So uh, we'll tune in and, and see where things go tomorrow. I'm sure the wife has got some more ridiculous places to eat. That's what I pay her for. And I'm going to go watch a movie and have uh, one last cocktail. So stay tuned. Well, I'm out here on the flat again. Same spot as yesterday where David put me. The wife and Pixie just dropped me off. We spent the morning at the beach and on a boat. I'll talk about that later. But I just landed my first redfish on the fly. Greatest sense of accomplishment in a long time. I'm overwhelmed. I'm ecstatic. I have a root beer colored crab I tied up with a 20, no, 30 pound weed guard. 
And I'm between overpasses here in suburban Charleston in the flooded grasses. And I was blind casting, assuming that fish would be in here as David said they would be yesterday. You know, we saw five or six in here. And I'm just blind casting the crab and lo and behold, I get a tug, I set the hook and I come tight to a fish. Wasn't more than 10, 15 seconds till I landed it. I dragged it into the Spartina and I lifted it up. I got a bunch of pictures and then I released it. A beautiful, beautiful fish. I, I can't wait for y'all to see these pictures online if you haven't already. And what am I doing podcasting? I should be fishing right now. So I have exactly uh, 40 minutes left out here. So let's see if I can get another one. I would love to get a tailor, but I haven't seen any tailing yet. That was a, a total just uh, fluke that I just caught that one. No fish pun intended. All right, let's get back to it. So today is Thursday, August 7th. Yesterday was Wednesday. And the guy, Josh, who owns this place, took us around the island with the neighbor family from Tennessee. We met him at the Folly Beach Marina. We went around and we saw Atlantic bottlenose dolphins feeding. They were doing the strand feeding where they push bait up on the shoreline. So I'll have pictures on the blog of just huge splashes. And mind you, I'm still trying to learn how to use this camera. There are so many options with the shutter speeds and it's most of my pictures are either under or overexposed. I think once I get my polarizing filter on, that'll help me get them less overexposed. And then we, from there we went to some island beach where I guess the final scene of the movie Glory had taken place historically. And there's a lighthouse that was connected to land, but now it's just a quarter mile out to sea. And he told us we could go look for shark teeth on the beach, which is something I've always wanted to find. We walked around maybe a quarter mile, uh, nothing, found no shark teeth. I found another blue crab, and this one at least gave a warning sign as mofo don't even come clear this way, I will snap your fingertip off. So I kind of pushed him around with my rod butt. If you use your rod tip with a, a crab, it's going to snap it, so don't do that. Most of the, sheet, the, the seashore, the shoreline, was made of oyster shells. I'm glad I wore my chacos because I do not want to get cut. I have always worn footwear in almost 30 years now in the ocean because I was walking on old Highway A1A, which is underwater in Palm Beach, and I stepped on a sea urchin, which broke off my foot. That was before Tevas had come out, which is what I had originally worn. Now I'm a Chaco guy. So from there, we went to the White Duck, I believe, and I got a bulgogi taco, a steak and cheese taco, and a duck taco. It was just awesome. And I pounded about four ice waters there because it's been hot. I mean, it's been like 95, 96 today. And if you're not getting that ocean breeze, you're just stewing in your own own sweat. From there, where did we go? You know how vacation days just run together. Where did we go for dinner? Oh, no. So after that, we went back to the beach, hung out on the beach a little bit. And then from there, we I was dropped off at the flats, which is where I caught my redfish. And then I was picked up, went home here, showered, and then we went all the way over to some other beach I don't know the name of, where we ate at the Obstinate Daughter. And that is run by Maud's husband, Jonathan Bentley. Maud was the wine director for the wine bar at Cheese Teak, where I worked on the cheese side and she worked on the wine side. I had uh, started off with fried polenta sticks and some kind of red mm, sauce. Just absolutely ridiculous. I could have eaten 10 pounds of that. 
had a glass of the house white, which was just crisp, clean, and refreshing. Then I had the gnocchi with pine nuts, grated cheese, parsley, or basil. I can't remember now. And spare ribs. And it was knucking futz. That stuff was so good. We didn't have a reservation, so they're like, well, you have to be out in 40 minutes. I'm like, lady, we're dining with a three-year-old. We'll be in and out as soon as we can. The ambience in there was fantastic. The food just looks so fresh. Jonathan was saying how they just, everything is sourced locally. And the cocktails you can get on tap, which I thought was pretty cool. So we drove around that island a little bit, came back here, and went to bed. No, David came by, and I taught him how to tie leaders. So he learned blood knots, and he also learned perfection loops. So if you're not tying your own leaders and you're buying them at the store, yeah, it's good for the stores, but in the long run, it, it ends up costing money. And it's easier to switch out, tip it after every five flies when you tie your own tippet section in of three feet. And, you know, I do three feet of each. There's three three-foot sections. So the leader here is 30-pound, 20-pound, 14-pound. And I have not broken a fly off yet. So we had a couple cocktails. Went to bed, got up this morning, and I skipped breakfast because I knew we were going to have an awesome lunch. We went to Folly Beach and played around on the pier. We walked around town, and then we drove over to... The Butcher and the Bee. And this place makes a ridiculous sandwich. So you walk in there, and they've got, like, old-fashioned sodas and bottles, and then they just have mason jars with S, one-half, or R on them. So sweet tea, half and half, and then regular iced tea. And the soap in the bathroom was so delicious, I ended up buying two bottles of $9 soap. I'm the last person to be buying fancy soap, but this stuff... Just smelled so good. Put a little, little dollop behind each ear maybe next time you, you see me. I'll smell nice. I had the roast beef sandwich with these tomatoes. I'm not a tomato person, but these heirloom tomatoes were ridiculous. We had fried okra with lardon and sautéed peppers, onions, and potatoes. And I had to bribe my kid to eat lardon, which is just thick-cut fried bacon. I told her I'd give her a lollipop if she ate it, and she did. I had three jars of iced tea. And the sandwich, and the boss had lamb, some kind of lamb in a pita. And that was just ridiculous. That, everything there was just so fresh, and the employees were so nice, just giving us breakfast options. Because I want a southern breakfast. So tomorrow I think we're going to the Salty Dog over at Folly Beach. I just want bacon, eggs, grits, maybe sausage and biscuits. Nothing too much, just a small little bit of everything. And then we went to Harris Teeter, got a bottle of wine, got the dum-dums for the kid, and then we drove over to my dad's first cousin's house over at, not Kiowa Island, it's Seabrook Island. So he called ahead for us, we got to the gate, and went over to Jerry Mackey's house, which is awesome, and I never knew Kirkland made their own liquor. They had Kirkland vodka, which was pretty neat, and we sat down, and I had a slice of quiche and a cold Sam Adams. Because it was about 96 degrees out. And then we went to the beach and pool house. Now, this place was like a resort. You got to have a key card to get in. So we went in and met up with my cousin, Josh, who's about five years younger than me. And his three boys. So I met them for the first time because I haven't seen Josh in a long time. I finally met his wife. And she's expecting in December. So we played in the pool. And the pool had a ramp to go into it, like a gradual slope. So you could kind of just sit there six inches, 10 inches, a foot, two feet, three feet. And 
uh, all the kids were just splashing and having a great time. And there was a breeze there, which made it really nice. And then I went over, we went down to the beach, and everyone dug in the sand until the tide came in. It was loads of fun. I actually went in the surf a little bit, even though I hate sand. Usually when I'm in the surf, I'm wearing waders with a stripping basket, shooting an eight weight with a full sink tip. Went back to Jerry Mackey's, had a sundowner, and then I took Josh and his two oldest boys fishing to the, I guess it's called the Crab Piers, and we didn't have anything really for crabs, so we had hot dogs cut up on jig hooks with a like a three-foot spinning rod, and I was throwing crab flies and the clousers. I got nothing. There was nothing. The tide was rushing in. You could hear fish busting bait, and there were fish getting chased by some bigger fish, but nothing for me. And we hooked something, grabbed the hot dog, and started taking off. But by the time the kid reeled in, uh, it had fallen off, whatever was on there. And then we did it again, and he took so long reeling in, he eventually snagged onto a bunch of oysters, and he brought up a clump of oysters. And he thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then the younger one, with his little dip net, uh, caught like a microscopic baby crab. I mean, the thing was like the size of a nerd candy. And it was just sitting on the floating debris of Spartina. So I'd hoped something would have been in there, but no luck. And we went to Red's Restaurant there, but it was 7 o'clock, and the kid was going nuts. It was really hot. It was probably like 97 degrees by now, and the wind's starting to die, and the humidity is just awful. My kid's not used to that, and it's you know, we put her down at 7 o'clock every night. So we dished family with dinner with the whole family, came back here. I just used the outside shower, and it's awesome outside shower that josh built the neighbor's dogs didn't like me out there but whatever and there's like a seven inch long slug out there too it's disgusting riding along the steps of this place and the wife just went out to get some local dinner we wanted to go out and eat have local food but no luck so she's going to earth chair and she's gonna try and get i want like asian noodles or something we were gonna go to shabao biscuit but it's just too far seven miles but it might take us too long so we'll go there tomorrow for lunch if we don't go to Leon's. And tomorrow night we have Ted's Butcher Block for the $20 dinner. That should be around 5 o'clock. And then I'll be dropped off at the flats. I'll meet up with David. And we're going to do a, a sunset high tide with a near full moon. The high tide tomorrow should be almost 7 feet. It should flood that grass. It should be dusky. I'm hoping some fish come in. I am wearing long pants tomorrow, I guarantee. So that's today's adventure. I also want to hit up the Charleston Angler, and that's about it. So sit tight. We will see where things go, and I need to just kick back and relax because I've been outside since I don't know how long, and I'm exhausted. So until tomorrow morning. Woke up pretty early on Friday morning. The plan was, again, Folly Beach, eat at Lost Dog Cafe. Drive into Charleston, eat at Leon's Oyster House, and then hit up somewhere Friday for dinner. So we got up, not as early as I wanted to because I wanted to be able to eat three meals in a day. So I wanted to eat breakfast at 8. We get there at about 9.45 to the Lost Dog Cafe. This place was highly recommended by some locals. Not to be confused with the Lost Dog Cafe up here in Falls Church and Arlington, Virginia. We waited in line for uh, about 20 to 30 minutes. We sat down outside. Lovely patio. I felt like you know, I was somewhere else. It was kind of like a, a Key West vibe with outdoor patio and palm trees everywhere. 
I ordered the side biscuit and gravy. I got the international eggs benedict. And I think it would have been better if it had bacon, not Canadian bacon. I'm not a Canadian bacon person. But it was absolutely ridiculously fantastic. I got a Bloody Mary, which was just perfectly spicy. And then as the heat melted the ice, it became diluted. But otherwise, fantastic breakfast. Really nice place. I definitely would want to go back there. From there, we went down to the witch doctor and checked it out and realized that they are open on Friday. So we made plans to come back there for dinner rather than going to Ted's Butcher Block because the special that night was guanciale, and I'm not a big pork jowl fan. So we went to the beach. We decided to get our chairs out and our beach towel, and we went down, and turns out we spent the entire day at Folly Beach. I'm not a beach guy. I, I don't want to just sit there. I didn't know what the light would be like, if I could read, if I could sleep, what to do. Honestly, I should have just dropped them off and left because I sat in that lawn chair pretty much for about six or seven hours. It was ridiculously hot. The breeze was nice. I downed like 64 ounces of Gatorade just on the walk to get a Gatorade and back. The only highlight of the day at the beach, I'm going to say, was finding shark's teeth. I finally, I was watching some guys. They had skipped work, came down with a deep fat fryer basket, were scooping up sand, sifting it and dumping it out. And they left, and I went through one of their piles, and I found a Mako shark tooth, about an inch long. Pretty freaking awesome. Your first shark tooth that you find is a Mako, and it's crazy sharp, it's black, it's shiny, and I kept it. So I did that for a little bit and basically just watched people and their tattoos go by. Everybody there was tatted up in some way or another, from good tattoos to bad tattoos to questionable tattoos. That was my entertainment. There were sharks in the water, so everybody was called out. And it turns out the other day when we were there, a girl just up the beach had been bitten. Didn't know what kind of shark it was, but it turns out she was okay, just some minor stitches. So we basically sat along the beach and my daughter found a little playmate my wife talked to her mom and that was it it kind of sucked i mean it really sucked i have no interest it's a waste of time for me to sit there i probably could have gone back to the car and gotten my hammock if i had some more rope to string up underneath the uh, the pier but yeah that was about it so lunchtime came and went we were still so full from breakfast that we didn't even go to leon's i really wanted that Char-roasted oysters and a side of their old school, as they called it, potatoes au gratin. And like just an ice cold Coke. I would have done anything for an ice cold Coke at that point. Oh, yeah. So we stayed at the beach until about 4, 4.30. Called up David and realized, you know, the whole time we're at the beach, the tide's coming in. And it's a seven-foot tide that day. So the beach was... Every five minutes, you had to scoot your chair back and back and back. And people's sandcastles are getting destroyed, and people aren't paying attention, and their stuff's getting swamped. So other than that, that was kind of interesting to watch. And then you could see the drinkers coming out as the families with the kids were going home for the day. So we called up David. He was on his way about 30 minutes out. So we all changed our clothes and went and got a margarita. And that was nice. The bartender was like, hey, you want to go to the family side of the restaurant so you don't expose your, your kid to the... So the atmosphere in here, and I'm like, lady, this girl's been going to happy hours since she was five days old. I think she can handle it. Or three days old, I think. No, five days. 
Yeah, Liberty Tavern in, in Alexandria, Clarendon. That's Arlington, I'm sorry. So from there, we went and met David and Rachel at the Witch Doctor, and that place was just ridiculous. Some of the best Asian food cooked by white folks you've ever had. I had this Asian pulled brisket on tacos, soft taco shells, or corn tortillas, I guess you'd say, with bean sprouts and hot sauce and chives and salted crunchy peanuts. It was just airy texture and flavor. It hit every palate note. It was awesome. And we also got a side shaved Brussels sprout pizza. David and Rachel split this bacon and poached egg pizza, which I had to slice of later in the night. It was awesome. So finally hit the witch doctor. Very good, very good food. Had a couple of cheap beers there. Then we went back to our place. David and I then went to the flats. Now, honestly, I think it would have been better if we were there early and fished the incoming tide to get the first fish coming on. So we're back at the flat. It's high tide. There's a huge wind coming in, and it's near super moon. So what was completely dry the other day at high tide was knee deep. What was knee deep the other day at high tide was waist deep. It was deep enough that I just took a leak in my pants, and I was waist deep. The snails were still a pain in the butt, but I had purchased those knockoff keen shoes at Walmart, the Ozark Trails. So I had those on. Finally wore my long pants and had crab patterns. You'd think that these low light conditions with this water, there'd be tailing redfish everywhere. We fished for a good hour and a half and really didn't see anything. We covered the whole flat probably three times, just kind of going in a, a circle. And then as the sun set, it was just getting too dark and the tide was going out. Still nothing materialized, so we just went back and had a couple drinks. David's girlfriend was absolutely hysterical. She was telling us stories about back home. And that ended basically the, the fishing trip down there. First thing in the morning, we got up, packed the car, and went to the farmer's market. It was Pride weekend. I'd never been to a Pride weekend parade before. So we all got little flags and, and all sorts of bracelets and pins and stuff. And if you go to the blog, which I'm about to upload now, you'll see pictures of a drag queen that has the biceps of Hulk. I mean, it was like Hulk Hogan in drag. Huge. Just a lot of good vibes there, a lot of love. The farmer's market all had Pride weekend specials. We got a roasted potato with poached egg roti. We got grits with pulled brisket, fresh fruit. We got smoothies and coffee. and It was ridiculously hot. I've been to the equator. I've been in the deserts in Africa. This was probably the hottest, sweatiest place I've ever been. And I was not looking forward to like an eight-hour drive home after this much sweat. So I was pounding fluids. Luckily, Whole Foods had a float in the parade, and they were giving out some bottles of water. But we did the whole loop. We, we saw a band. Definitely check them out. They're called Volcanoes in the Kitchen. They're going to be playing down there a lot. It's a local band. And it was just great. It was a brother and two sisters just jamming, a lot of percussion, guitar. Uh, my daughter got to ride a pony. We bought some more produce to take home, and the drive home sucked. It poured the whole way home. I mean, deluge. Apparently, from the pictures I saw online, that there were like two feet of water in the streets in downtown Charleston. And then once we got up to Fredericksburg, it was a two-hour drive home. So, hey, welcome back to D.C. And that's about it. Uh, yeah, so I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. It was awesome, awesome, awesome to get into my first redfish. I just tied up those crab flies at the beer tie this week. 
Love the food. I'm missing the laid-back nature. I'm missing craft beers. I'm missing fried chicken and ice water all the time. I don't miss the sand. I do miss the short shorts. It was nice to see my cousins down there. And I'm just glad we finally knocked Charleston off the list. Like I said, uh, my wife and I met in 2001, and we have been talking about going down there since then. We finally got it done. We might do uh, another trip to Florida maybe in December. I've got a trip coming up to Ohio in a couple weeks, so maybe meet up with some friends for some muskie. So we'll see where things go. And I want to say thank you to Jason for putting these files together. And I hope you enjoy the new music we're going to add to this podcast. And stay tuned for some more podcasts. Thanks so much. And if you need links to all these places we ate and drank and fished with and fished at and stopped at, It'll be on the blog, so take care until next time. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com.